strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. If you have not subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's very simple to do on any device that you have. Never miss a minute of the show again. It's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by Retirement Planners of America. The President of the United States has said the Build Back Better bill is going to lower inflation. So did his spokeswoman, Jen Psaki. Uh, The rest of the world disagrees. As a matter of fact, there is a Fox business poll that was done by a Democrat and Republican pollster, the Democrat pollster. I want to read what the Democrat pollster said. One of the things the president has going for him is low expectations. That's from the Democrat pollster. Um, But the numbers about what people think about the economy and their concerns, um, Two-thirds of the people polled believe that Biden's leadership is at least somewhat responsible for inflation. And about the same number blame uh, uh, um, regular economic cycles. The new survey that was released on Wednesday finds that rising prices over the last six months have caused a lot of hardship in the country. More than 80 percent of the people that were polled are very concerned about inflation. Um. By more than two to one, people said the president's economic policies have hurt rather than helped them personally. Um, Just one in six say they are better off financially. Three quarters rate the national economy negatively. Only one in four are optimistic. That's 25 percent optimistic about next year. And the president's approval ratings on the economy end up underwater by 21 points. In April, he was plus six. He's now he's now below. He's 21 points uh, underwater. He's minus 21. Um, So that is uh, that's the overview of the polling. And here's why Uh, we talked about inflation earlier. Thirty five hundred dollars is what the average American family. It's cost them. Inflation has cost them in real dollars this year. More for some, less than others. The average is thirty five hundred. That is a lot of money to a lot of families. And just in one year on the backside of covid. Now, we realize we're not done with covid. But we have normalized our economy to a certain extent that we haven't shut things down again. And I don't think that we're going to, but we're going to, you know, we're going to talk more about that later. But the people are worried about the economy more than they're worried about anything else. Um, U.S. retail sales have slowed with holiday shoppers facing inflation and shortages. So the supply chain issue, I will tell you, is also connected to inaction from this administration. Um, And again, it it is it's about not everything anybody does is good or bad. They don't always do a good job. They don't always do a bad job. But when I had an expert on and I have her on quite often, her name is Kristen Bentz. And she has a company called KB Advisory Group. She has spent her entire career, as far as I know, her entire career being a retail analyst. And she did it on Wall Street for major corporations where she looked at the retail outlook and future and advised these big investment firms where to put their money and where not to put their money. So she has really spent her life with her finger on the pulse of the retail world in America and worldwide. She reached out to me months ago and said, this shutdown of this Chinese port, it's the largest port on the planet that shut down for weeks. She said, this is going to be a big issue. Now, 
I don't mean any offense to Kristen, but if Kristen Bentz, if a retail analyst that lives in Phoenix, Arizona, saw that coming, you don't think the economic advisory team of the president of the United States should have seen it? And there was no reaction. We didn't cause the shutdown. COVID caused the shutdown. But what was the reaction and the response from the American government? With the supply chain issue, what we saw happen with private industry is we saw companies like FedEx and Amazon and UPS and the major shippers. We watched them get an air fleet of even more planes than they had before, whether it was leasing them or whatever else, to fly goods and try to do things to alleviate it. Spending a lot of money, costs went up, but they were doing things in reaction to what was happening on the ground. And if there's one thing that I can say that is disappointing to me about this administration, and I admit I don't like the policies anyway. I don't like their policies. They are against what I believe politically. But the disappointment is the inaction. There has not been a ground level response to things that are happening around this administration. And anybody who thinks that there is, I would love to hear an example. I would love to see an example of a reaction that was made that did any good. This president said, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. And he has not, which normally I would say, and I do defend him in saying, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I don't think Trump could. But you heard this president say Donald Trump was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. And anybody responsible for that many deaths doesn't deserve to be president of the United States anymore. He made it political. He made that a political policy position that Donald Trump's policies killed people and his policies were going to make it better and get rid of the virus. So he's the one that took on that responsibility. There have been more deaths under the Biden administration than the Trump administration. And we now have a vaccine. So he has to eat that. The inaction when it came to the port shutdown and it came to the supply chain issue, when gasoline prices were going up at such an alarming rate, did they start drilling more? Did they start allowing more fracking? No. What they did was continue on their path of climate change and destroying the fossil fuel industry. As a matter of fact, within a month or two ago, before they bought, um, you know, they started pumping out of the, the, the National Reserve, before they started doing the strategic reserve release, The Biden administration and the Congress under Nancy Pelosi were contemplating raising fees and putting fees on on and offshore drilling, which was going to add even more to the cost. So there hasn't been a reaction other than the strategic reserve, which has lowered the price of gas a little bit. Story we did yesterday said there's not going to be a significant decrease and they're going to have to buy that oil back to put it in the reserve anyway. So. There's a lot of complaints. Retail sales have slowed down because people's money is not going as far as it used to. Last thing on this is it's affecting, maybe affecting Arizona, that in the East Valley, there's a 202 project in Gilbert, and uh, it's a widening of Lindsay Road near the Loop 202, and it goes into one of the main economic parts of Gilbert. The project is scheduled to be done early next year. They're now saying that may not happen because the walls they put up with that artwork and stuff on the walls, there are some pieces to this that are only made by a few manufacturers, and because of the supply chain issues, this project may not be done in time. Um and so the, the American people are having real issues and real problems. And 
it's not that the average person, I don't like the policies of the Biden administration. I focus on it a lot more than other people do. The average American just looks at what's happening around them and is saying, this is crazy. Meat has gone up well over 20%. We've watched gasoline prices go up dramatically. We are hurting financially when we were making more money, but our money's not going as far and no one's doing anything about it. You're pointing the finger. The Biden administration has gone after the oil companies. They're to blame for price gouging. And now he's going after the food producers and the major meat you know, growers that they are now to blame. And so you point the finger at other people when you're in leadership. It never does you any good. And that's what's happening. That's what's disappointing so many people. Every day at 1120 on the show, we do something called Did You Hear This? It is the biggest headlines and newsmakers of the morning kind of wrapped up into one segment. So we're going to do that in a moment, get you caught up on the headlines. So if you're on your way out to lunch or something, stick around. We'll get you caught up. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, biggest newsmakers of the day all wrapped up in one little package. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. And let's start today with the border, Mike. You spoke with Congressman Andy Biggs a little while ago and asked him if he sees immigration reform happening sometime in the next year. If the Republicans get the House and get a slight edge back in the Senate, we can actually remove some of the folks that are the cause of these policies, like Secretary Mayorkas. Additionally, we can put additional pressure uh, and use leverage points against the Biden administration. Now, Republicans had both the House and the Senate in the first two years of Trump's presidency and did really nothing on immigration. Uh, Does it really matter who's in power if anything gets done on that? I I think it does, um, only because it's going to take a group of people on both sides of the aisle. But if you have leadership that's willing to go down that road, and that matters. You know, Nancy Pelosi has not. Nancy Pelosi, uh, when you are, it's a majority body, and whenever you have even a one-vote majority, you control everything in the House of Representatives. You don't need 60 votes like you do in the Senate on some things. So she controls committees, committee chairmanship. She controls what bills go to what committees, uh, what bills get to the floor for a vote. And so if you have other people that are more likely to go down that road, at least to explore it, get it through committees, you've got a better chance of getting something that everybody can agree on. So I do think it matters who's in power. And I was hoping even under her leadership, something might get done. But it looks like it's going to have to be regime change before that happens. Well, crime has been so bad lately, and it's bad right now, that even the Democrat mayor of San Francisco is touting the police. It's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement and less tolerant of all the that has destroyed our city. Amen. Could, uh, can we expect the same level of fire from Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego on that? <laughs> I was just going to ask, maybe this mayor could call Kate Gallego and ask her, you know, just whisper in her ear a little bit. Just kind of whisper to Mayor Gallego. Uh, you know, we don't have a strong mayor system, so it's not just on the shoulders of the mayor. Um, you know, we have a city manager, and the city manager makes a lot of the policy, but, you know, what happens uh, at the city council level does matter, and the mayor is a mayor, is kind of a council member at large. And in a, in, a, in, a, in a weak mayor system. 
but she is the face of the Phoenix Police Department. We have seen the Phoenix City Council employ now an office of accountability directed at the police with no one with law enforcement experience working in that office. We are sending a message to the criminal element as much as we are sending a message to the police officers in our city. And if we don't adjust, someone will be making that speech, but it's going to be because we have an outrageous amount of crime. It shouldn't have to get there. We should be able to learn our lessons from the mistakes of these other cities that went down the road of defund and I would even go as far as to say demoralizing the police. You're listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to get you caught up on the big stories. What's next, Jeremy? Well, we're going to turn to sports now. Arizona Cardinals, two big losses this week. Obviously, that Monday night loss to the L.A. Rams. Then we learned yesterday, star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins will miss the rest of the regular season with the knee injury and may return for the playoffs. Can the Cardinals overcome this loss? I'm not trying to be Pollyanna and, hey, this is no big deal. It's a huge deal. But I think the Cardinals in 2021 are a lot better equipped to deal with this at this point of the season than they were a year ago. Mike, do you agree or disagree with 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station's Vince Morata? I absolutely agree. I I think that we are much better equipped. There's a lot more of an experienced team. Last year, the Cardinals needed to win one of their final three games to make the playoffs, and they couldn't even do that. They won two out of three games without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins. And so I think they can overcome it. They are not a better team for it, but they can overcome it. And they've got some big games that are coming up. So they are going to be tested. But if you are good enough to be a playoff team in the NFL, you have to play like you're good enough to be a team in the NFL. With the new leadership they have, even though he's injured, when you have guys like J.J. Watt in that locker room, you have to see what Chandler Jones is doing. When you see some of the new leadership that they have, they are going to be the ones that now say... We have just got to step up and be better, and I think they're going to. NFL, NBA, NHL teams all dealing with a rash of players being forced to miss games due to COVID. The Chicago Bulls have actually had some games postponed. The Washington football team will be without at least 21 of their players this weekend. Now, this is ESPN's NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. They're talking with the Players Association continually on this issue, but I'm told there's nothing imminent in terms of dramatic change to what the league's protocols are now. And I think you may see some directives ahead of the Christmas holiday. You saw that ahead of Thanksgiving for players and staff. Do you think we might see extreme mitigation measures put back in place, like no fans at games or even pausing the seasons? I don't think so. I think that we that that uh, that ship has sailed. I think we are going to see shifts in maybe what they do with players, but I can't imagine now this late in the season when you have an early season. Um, as the season goes on, you know what it's like. It's only a 16-17 game season. So now the drama is happening. The the cream is rising to the top. Games mean more in December and January. To empty the stadiums now would be crazy. So I can't see that happening. They might put some restrictions on what players do to try to stop the spread of this. But I don't think they're going to do it with fans. All right, that is Did You Hear This for the week and or for the day. We'll do it again one more time tomorrow uh, before we get out. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening to it. 
I look at the Arizona Cardinals, and they are such an anomaly to me. Sometimes they look like they are unstoppable on offense and defense, and then you watch them, and then they they almost feel like the Cardinals from last year, not quite sure how to manage all of their uh, all their weapons. And uh, I'm just hoping that this Cardinal team comes together. I'm such a fan. Uh, I'm a fan not just of the way they play the game, but of who these people are. There are some really quality people on that football field, and it's fun to cheer for them. And I hope they give this city, this state, something to cheer for, along with the Phoenix Suns. It's fun to talk about two contenders. It really, really is. Coming up in a moment, if you missed it, we gave you our early Christmas gift this morning, and that is the outgoing National Institute for Health director. His name is Francis Collins. He left us with a gift. You have to hear it to believe it. So if you can stick around, please do. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. So uh, what are people thinking when we hear all this, what's happening with this Omicron variant? Because we keep hearing that it may be less severe, more contagious, less severe. Is that a good thing? Are we going to see hospitalizations drop off? Now, we are seeing, and, and they are correct when they talk about the beds, uh, 95% capacity at hospitals here in Arizona. When we were at our peak last year, when we were at our worst in Arizona, we had, I believe it was 57% of hospital beds were taken up by COVID patients and 64% of ICU beds were taken by COVID patients. Right now, we're at 30 and 39%, not even close to the worst with COVID as we've seen in the past. And let's look at these numbers in another way. Um, What about the fact that they've laid off a ton of workers because they're not vaccinated? And that that loss, is that contributing to this number? Is it that it's not bed space, but it's you also have to have the staff to oversee, especially in the ICU. You've got to have staff that can oversee those beds. So Dr. Fauci was talking about this. I want to get to a reason why people don't take this guy seriously or anything we're hearing from the science in many cases seriously, because it's hysterical. But first, I want you to hear Dr. Fauci talking about Omicron and how it's spreading. It has what we call a doubling time of about three days. And if you do the math on that, if you have just a couple of percentage of the isolates being Omicron, very soon it's going to be the dominant variant. It has an extraordinary ability to transmit efficiently and spread. If we handle it well and continue to push on the vaccinations, I hope by the time we get through the winter, we'll be on a downslope as opposed to an upslope. And what we're seeing in Arizona, just so you know, it looks like the Thanksgiving push that happened has, has waned a little bit. Um, it was about an 8% positive rate in testing last night. Uh, overnight, there were 2,911 cases, over 35, almost 36,000 tests that were performed. Here's the other good thing for the people that are saying we need more vaccinations. Another day with kind of high numbers of vaccinations, 27,500 vaccinations issued. 40 less people in hospital beds, no change in ICU beds, six less people on ventilators, 14 less people intubated. So the number is down consistently today, although a little bit that could change dramatically. Just giving you a snapshot of what we've seen. 20 deaths recorded overnight, 18 of 20 over the age of 55, 18 of 20 deaths over the age of 55. 
So Dr. Fauci being asked about gathering for the holidays. I think if we do it the way it's been done now, in other words, making sure and when you travel, go to an airport, wear a mask, you have to wear a mask on a plane. If you and your family are vaccinated and boosted, hopefully you should feel comfortable. So, okay, you can gather. But again, this variant and the reason why I'm bringing this up is nobody listens anymore. And I don't blame them. I want you to hear this. This is my gift to you. I put this up on my Twitter account. If you're a Twitter user, at BroomheadKTAR, I retweeted the tweets. You can see it yourself. We didn't alter it. The outgoing director for the National Institute of Health is a guy named Francis Collins. So this is this horrible pandemic, right? It is paralyzing the world. Omicron is going to spread like wildfire. All of these dire warnings, right? So what does the outgoing director from the National Institute of Health decide that he thinks is the best way to leave his mark as he leaves the office? So there's a town hall meeting that I don't know how many people were in the room, but it was also being done in a video conference. And he pulls out a guitar and does this. Somewhere past the pandemic... When we're free, there's a life I remember full of activity. Somewhere past the pandemic, masks will come off. No more need for a nose swab every time we cough. All right, uh, enough. Enough. (laughs) No, enough. You're killing me. So do you remember, for those of you old enough to remember, I hope you remember. I don't want Jeff and I to be the only people that remember things in this building. There was a scene in the movie Animal House where John Belushi goes down the steps and there is a guy serenading a couple of girls singing a horrible song. I gave my love a flower and John Belushi takes his guitar and smashes it all over the wall. That's exactly what I want to do with that guy's guitar. Do you remember that scene? I do. And then at the end, if you smash that guy's guitar, you're just going to go, sorry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I'm so glad I have somebody in the building that gets it, that's around long enough to get it. Um, To me, he reminded me more of Steve Buscemi and the wedding singer. Okay, fair enough. Exactly right. But in all seriousness, the National Institute of Health, This is the director on his way out the door, wants us to take the Omicron virus or the variant seriously, and he changes the words to somewhere over the rainbow and wants us to take anything they say or do seriously. Not only is it horrible, I mean, it was terrible, but it's just dumb. I don't, I'm not serious all, I'm never serious. If you guys knew me off the air, there's nothing about me that's serious. But when you're dealing with something and you're the director, this wasn't someone that worked there. This isn't someone that just decided that they do this and and the National Institute of Health retweeted it. This is the guy that runs the place. This is Dr. Fauci's boss that decides the last thing he wants to be remembered for is that stupid song. And uh, why would anybody take him seriously? I'm being honest. 
they want you to believe how dire the situation is. And that's what he does. He Either he wrote it or he had somebody write it and he practiced it. And then he went out in front of everyone and did it. Not only that, my favorite part of it, and I mentioned this earlier, my favorite part of this is just so he can offend everyone, he had someone there signing the words. So he offended hearing impaired people as well. So you didn't get out of it either. It was horrible. It was awful. All right, we got one more segment of the show before we close it out for the day. I want to go back to a couple of things we've been talking about in the economy, because that's what the people are worried about most. We are doing really well in Arizona, and I think it bodes talking about not be it's not by luck. There are designs in policy and a direction you take when you make good decisions. Good things happen when you make bad decisions. Bad things happen when you make no decisions. mm, You have nothing to do with either one. So we're going to talk about good and bad decisions next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long live the world in sin and This is uh, the Third Day Christmas Offerings album. That's Mac Powell singing from the band Third Day. If you want to get a great traditional Christmas album, that it will blow you away. It's called uh, Christmas Offerings. By the way, they're not paying me, and they should, for this much promotion. It is so good. Um, anyway, Merry Christmas from the Mike Broomhead Show. I want to talk about good and bad decisions and talk about leadership. Um, a Fox business poll that has Democrat and Republican pollsters doing this together. The Democrat pollster said the one thing that the Biden administration has going for them right now is low expectations. That's how bad polling is right now for the president. And I believe it's because of lack of action. And when he does take action, it's not good all the time. So I want to give you a couple of examples what I'm talking about. Here is something good the Biden administration did. They did it late. They did it much later than the people were asking them to, but they did it. What they did was allow because Americans could cross into Mexico and shop, but the Mexican people with passports. I'm not talking about people crossing illegally. Mexican people with passports were not allowed to come into the U.S. and shop. So they changed the policy so they could. Listen to Danny Seiden from the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. Absolutely. And, and again, at the moment, that would be anecdotal. You know, just the end of November through December are the big, big months for that. But all of our members who are in the hotel business, the restaurant business, the retail business, the, the tend to miss that over the last two years where that's been closed are already telling us the increase they're seeing. Even people who own gas stations are talking about the increase they're seeing. So, so far, that's been a welcome boom. So when you do things that help, you see good results. And so opening up the border and allowing people to come 
and shop in America when we were already allowing Americans to go there and shop only made sense. It took a long time to do, but it was something they were able to get done. Now I want you to hear the other side of this. Same guy, Danny Seiden, Arizona's Morning News, saying that inflation is the downside to Arizona. But what are they, What as an organization, why are they so against the Build Back Better bill? Listen close. The dollar is not going as far this year for yeah. shoppers. Yeah. We're hearing that story a lot, and that's because of inflation. Jim, I know you've touched a lot on this on your show. We have the highest inflation in decades. We always say Jimmy Carter level inflation is what we're seeing right now. So these dollars didn't just aren't going as far. You mentioned one problem, it's supply chain. You know, we have, and also it's an influx of too many dollars. You have too many dollars chasing too few goods, which leads to a devaluation of the dollars. So consumers are feeling that. They're feeling that when they're buying their gifts. They're feeling it when they're buying their food and gas as well. So that's, that's a little bit of the pinch on the downside that we're seeing. What we've been focused on at the chamber, and what you'll hear some ads from us are on trying to stop the bill known as Build Back Better, which would pump even more money in, and what we would believe would negatively impact our economy even more. The biggest issue, over 80% of people say that inflation is a very serious issue right now. It is doing damage to small businesses and to individuals and families. And the average working family, when you say, you know, the average in America, the average is $3,500 in extra costs this year because of inflation. That is your vacation. That is a lot more money than many people can spend on Christmas gifts for someone. But that's what you spend on your yearly vacation. What if you're going to upgrade and buy a new automobile? All the things, your discretionary income for the year, your ability to take your family out to go to dinner together or whatever. All of those things are reined in. And then all of that lack of spending has an effect on the economy. And so you see the downward spiral when bad things happen. The American people have an expectation, and they should have this expectation, that we are going to see an adjustment from our leaders when critical things happened. Um, When the economy went south, when the real estate bubble burst and Arizona was impacted so severely, our economy was in very dire shape. The governor then, Jan Brewer, and the state legislature got together and made some very, very difficult decisions in order to stop the bleeding in the Arizona economy. And they did a phenomenal job of getting us back to a, a level playing field, to get us back to stability. And then we can grow the economy from there. But it's a good thing they did the things they did to get that stability in the economy. In the city of Phoenix, the police department and the fire department sat down with the city to save the jobs of existing cops and firefighters. But they had to give back some compensation for years in order to save those jobs. But you saw activity. You saw the local government and you saw the state government. We're doing things to stabilize the economies where we live. And it was effective. And now Arizona has grown back so much better. We are doing better than most of the country. We've regained all of our jobs and we've added jobs since the pandemic started. And it's because we have people in place that have made good decisions. Not every decision that's been made is a good one. But economically speaking, we are seeing good decision makers and it's doing good things for our economy. I would say at the federal level, there have been more bad decisions than good, and there has been ineffectiveness and lack of decision makings, where it's almost like they're paralyzed. So again, it's all about policy, and I know that my policies disagree with theirs, but most Americans are now looking, and I mean overwhelming number of Americans are seeing that what's happening isn't working. 
We'll be back tomorrow for the final show of the year. I hope you can be with me. We'll be back here at about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks for being with me today. And until tomorrow, have a great day. God bless. God bless. 